0: And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.
1: Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
0: 20th Century Studios presents Vacation Friends 2, only on Hulu, Friday. Look at us, all together again. We just wanted to give you guys a real honeymoon. Shots! 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 This Friday. Shots! He was just released from jail. Where can I get a drink around here? Back on vacation. This place is nice. It's drug lord nice. I'm sorry, drug lord nice? With more baggage. Ever since he showed up, he turned this relaxing vacation into chaos. Who does that? Vacation Friends 2. Rated R. Streaming only on Hulu. Friday.
1: Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it. Throws to first. It's over. 27 years. Hey, Brad, we are back. Hey. It is my fault that we went dark last week. <laughs> it happens, man. It happens. We do such a good job of trying to make sure we have an episode every week. It's, it's, yeah. it's the, just in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking like, don't go dark, don't go dark. But for, <laughs> for this show and for the death lineup with Hot Take Bri, we we had to miss the week because... Uh, it was literally hours before we were going to record. And I, I texted you and I was like, I don't think I can do it. I'm just not feeling good. I I was almost sure that what was going to happen uh, was happening, which is that I tested positive for, for COVID because my stepdaughter had had it. My wife got it. So, you know, I was trying to help them out and wearing my mask and everything. But, you know, at that point I was like, okay, if I don't get it, then you know there's some crazy immunity to this thing, but I finally did get it, and by Tuesday, I was like, "Oh, I can't do this show yeah. and so it was a bummer because the Giants are starting to play some good baseball, and they are they are playing continuing to play good good baseball, and we'll talk about the possibility of what the season the end of the season could be, which I don't think we saw coming uh even just a few weeks ago. But uh, but yeah, so, you know, we'll we'll get through this and I'm on the mend. It's day six for me. I feel so much better yesterday and today, especially I feel so much better. So I even did my uh, my podcast last night after that horrendous 49ers Sunday night football game <laughs> where, you know, it was it was one of those games where the national media was like, oh, Jimmy G's back and Jimmy G is like, "Oh, you guys wait. Let <laughs> me like, I, I show you. <laughs> Let me show you why the 49ers drafted Trey Lance because oh, oof, he put he put on quite the performance last night." So, yeah, but um, see
2: as a Rams fan, that doesn't that doesn't do anything for me. That doesn't make me feel great about next week because I I you know, like I was telling somebody today on Twitter, I've seen Jim Druckenmiller in a 49 <laughs> uniform beat the Rams. So I'm not, you know, it's not, obviously it's not this Rams team, but yeah. you know, it's anytime the Rams and Niners play just like, other than this, this year, anytime the Giants and Dodgers play, uh, you are going to have spirited fights, matchups. Uh, you are going to everybody just plays, you know, everybody goes up a level. And if you don't go up a level, if you are the team that doesn't go up a level that weekend, then it could be bad for the favorites. Uh, so I don't even know if the Rams are favorites right now, but
1: I, I, Not, I think the Niners so. are favored by two.
2: They are okay, but because right. it's here, on the road,
1: yeah. here is where where you should be. I'm going to give you a little insight to where maybe you'll have a little bit more confidence uh, going into Monday night. Uh, Trent Williams is hurt. He's going to be out with a high ankle sprain. He missed the playoff game last year as well, the one that you guys won when you beat us. And also uh, just the, the, the overall play by the offensive line uh, with him out is the uh, it's not I'm not optimistic about Aaron Donald uh, not having a big game (laughs) so you know that things could happen and and the 49ers defense is playing lights out which is really why uh, I think people still think that they could do something even with Jimmy G as quarterback but yeah so that'll it'll, it'll, it'll be fun Niners and Rams is always fun it's always competitive Uh, especially now when both teams have really good rosters. So it'll be fun.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm still not uh, in a comfort zone. And I hate to see injuries. I like to beat teams at the best. I was really looking forward to seeing what the Rams would do with a Trey Lance type of quarterback, because they do have trouble with anybody not named Kyler Murray, who is that <laughs> type of quarterback who can run the ball, who can make decisions, and Russ. Uh, you know, when things break down, although the Rams had, they've contained Kyler Murray and, and Russ Wilson, but they did not contain Josh Allen. Um, there are other quarterbacks they had a little bit of a tough time with Mariota against the Falcons the, a couple weekends ago. So any of those quarterbacks who can kind of break things down uh, and go on the run and, and improvise on you know, the Rams they can, they can get in trouble because they just don't have those outside linebackers. So, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting game. Uh, a Monday nighter uh, I'm out of town. I'll be watching it up in Tahoe uh, in in a cabin somewhere, just uh having a having a beer or a bourbon with my feet up, and uh no snow. I don't think we have any snow coming th- this early in October yet, but it'll be in the fifties, so that's nice.
1: Buck and Aikman doing the game. yeah, Ooh, Buck and Aikman, yeah all right, before we get into the actual giant's commentary for this past week, kind of interested in if you're following or how closely you're following this Aaron Judge home run chase and it's kind of weird for me to call it a chase because Mm -hmm. what he is chasing is the american league record held by roger maris uh with 61 and, and judge has 60 and i i find it interesting i hate using the word interesting for everything but it is pretty interesting to me that the current generation of baseball writers they are they really want this to be something that this is historic you know it's oh judge is having one of the greatest seasons of all time and this has nothing to do with with judge i think judge is awesome like he's having such a great year but we've seen historic seasons over the years from babe ruth and ted williams and willie mays and bonds Pooh Mike Trout. And so to hear, oh, you know, this is one of the greatest seasons of all time, I'm kind of skeptical on that. Uh, he, you know, I don't, uh, is he still in the lead for the Triple Crown categories? I believe he is. Uh, look at his batting
2: average real quick. He's hitting 316. And I think that's still good enough to lead the American League. Um, I have to look at the league leaders, but I did punch it up, got it on the background because, All right. uh, yes. yeah, he he's he's one for one tonight, but with just a base hit, nothing <laughs> nothing fancy,
1: and and I sort of understand the idea of just because baseball today has a problem connecting with uh, as many people as it once did. I guess it is kind of good to say, look, like, you you know, if you guys are not paying attention, you're missing something really special. But I watched a season in which Barry Bonds hit like, I don't know, it was like 370. And hit like 40 home runs and walked like 200 times. Like, that's the kind of thing where I was watching going like, this is way different than anything that I've ever seen. And when I'm watching Judge, I go, oh, yeah, it kind of reminds me of Big Mac in, in, in 1997 or 1998 Sammy Sosa, similar. Uh, he probably does have a little bit higher of a batting average than both of those guys. And he's an overall, I think you'd call him a better overall player just based on, you know, everything that has to do with baseball. But yeah. what do you, like? How do you value the 61st and 62nd home run here uh, with everything else in, in the history of the game? you know i value it as <clears throat> this generation of
2: baseball this is this is one of the greatest seasons we've seen in this generation of mm-hmm. baseball now where is this generation of baseball where do you draw the line where where did this generation start i don't know but it it started sometime after this, the, the 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 juiced era and then you had the pitchers era right the early 2010s uh, probably started around 2007 2008 uh, all the way up until something changed the baseballs. Uh, we don't know, and then and then the spin rate era, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's so many different eras. Um, so it's always funny to me when somebody says, "Well, Barry Bonds was was juiced and this and that." And it's like, "Well, what you know, what's going on with the baseballs? If you can if you can go out there and grab every single baseball in every single game, and they're exactly the same every single one of them, th- then you can maybe make a case that what." judge is doing is super legit compared to everybody else, what everybody else has done in the past. Like everybody there, there's something fishy and weird with every era, but it's baseball. It, it, it's just at the core of it, it is baseball. It is the, it is a, a fun chase to watch. But, um, but I, of I, all the people, if anybody was going to hit, and I think I said probably five years ago, I said, I don't think we're going to see anybody hit 60 home runs again. Mm-hmm. So to see this happening, uh, it almost kind of, you, you know, makes you wonder a little bit. So, so what's going on? Is it the baseballs? Is it, uh, you know, why are they continuing to pitch to him? He's seen so many pitches <laughs> to be able to hit 60 home runs. How many walks did you say he has? Uh, or maybe you didn't say, maybe I was thinking in my head when you were talking about walks, but I, I...
1: I know, I know he has like barely double digit, uh, intentional walks. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, so, so nobody's pitching around him for the most part. Uh, they're coming at him, they're throwing him pitches. Uh, he's kind of stuck at 60 since I think Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday of last week. Um, but still not to take anything away. This is a fantastic season. It's absolutely fun to watch. Um, you know, he's just driving up his price. He bet on himself and he, and he won, uh, basically no matter what he does the rest of the season, man, he he's won. His contract is going to be enormous. Everybody's, but, but here's the problem. Now he set himself up for, all right, we just signed judge. Can't wait for those 65 home runs every year. Well, that's not going to happen because you know how it is. It's This is not going to be that era of Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, where you're going to see 50 plus home runs out of him every single year. That's just not going to happen. This is possibly a lightning in a bottle. He needs to stay healthy. Yeah. Um, if he hits 35 next year or 40 next year, I would call that success. Awesome. Um, Yeah. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because again, you, you just don't have that so much anymore.
1: Um, and, and no, just, to, just to kind of just to kind of add yeah, on yeah. to what you're saying, last year, similar amount of games played, actually exact number of games played to what he's doing right now, he had 39 jacks and uh, 98 runs batted in, which is great, great, amazing, season. fantastic, yeah. right? Uh, this year, those numbers are, uh, are are dialed up, and he's playing. Uh, on on a better offense overall, which is why he leads the league in in runs scored. But you can go back that this season is a little bit more similar, I would say, and, and not as good though. This is definitely the best season he's ever had to, uh, I guess would have been his rookie year uh, where he hit 52 jacks uh, and walked 127 times. So like that, that season when he came up in 2017, And then following those two seasons were some injury years. He, he, he only had, uh, he only played in barely over a hundred games in the next two seasons. And he hit 27 and 27 home runs. And then in the bubble season, he had nine home runs. So, you know, he has, he has never had a a full season in which he has played baseball and and hit less than 27 home runs. So that's what you're going to get when you sign this guy. And if you keep him on the field, and you keep him off of the DL, he's probably going to hit in the mid 30 home runs, like pretty much every year. And he is uh, age, his age is 30 right now. So he was a a little bit of an older rookie when he did come up. And, and, you know, the, the way that these guys take care of themselves these days, you know, he's probably got another good five power years left. And, uh, and so he's, you know, like you said, he bet on himself, and he's going to bank on that and and make a whole lot of money this year and or sorry next year and and in in the in the future. And I guess the 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 thing. Did you see what Bonds said? I did. Yeah, I did see what he said. So I mean, Bonds. You know, he's he's not some. You know, old Bonds when Bonds was playing would be like. Yeah, you know, of course I don't want to see him, you know, break my record or whatever, but this version of Bonds, he's like, "Great. I hope he hits 70 home runs." Like, I just want him to come to the Giants. Like, let's do it. Yeah, exactly. So, and
2: now and now do you think he's he's kind of lobbying himself, Judge? Like you said, five more good power years left. He's probably going to lobby himself into a 7-year deal most likely, though. Um And it's going to be his last big contract. It's going to be his first and last big contract. Um, So I'm sure he's going to be looking at wanting seven years. Um, Somebody could get creative with that, but I think he's going to look at and then say, like he said, lightning in a bottle, uh, bet on himself and one I'm taking seven years or you know, uh, I'll, I'll take one year somewhere else and see what happens. But yeah, uh, he, he's a big body, man. So like you said, these guys take care of themselves, but big bodies break down. Yeah. He's going to need um, to stay
1: flexible. He's going to need to, you know, in, you know, n- not saying that he needs to invest a million dollars in his body every year. Like LeBron James, maybe though, you <laughs> might have enough maybe. money to do that to stay, <laughs> to, to stay healthy. And yeah, you know, I, if I'm a player, though, of his stature, I mean, because you, you can look at some of these teams. You have uh, Mike Trout signs a long deal with the Angels, and they are not a good baseball team. I think wow. these players need to start building these player options after three or four years into their contracts, so that they don't just get stuck. And then because the, then the flip side is, is the way to get out is to, ask for a trade or to try and force trades and, and, and then, you know, there's a whole nastiness around that. Yeah. So, you know, if I was, if I was judge, I would, I would look for a long deal or maybe you do take a little bit of a shorter deal. Maybe you take five instead of seven and go, okay, but after year three, I want a player option. I want the mm-hmm. opportunity to opt out and redo this. And if, if, if you know, if I, deserve more money. And, and then, you know, we can figure it out. So uh really cool to see though. I'm glad oh, there's yeah. not, a, there's not as much buzz to this as, you know, when we were watching McGuire and Sosa, obviously, and then, and then bonds later, but you know, nice little buzz. And then you get the stuff with pool holes as well, which I think makes people feel for that era. Cause pool holes comes kind of right at the tail end of that steroid era. And Now he hits number 700. And I don't think that we thought at the beginning of the season that he would (laughs) have gotten, you know, gotten this far with it. And just amazing. Like his year this year compared to last year is like so night and day, man. Well, that's uh, well, where did he start the year last year
2: with the angels? I think that just like sucks all the energy out of you. And then went to the Dodgers, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, and then the Dodgers, he said he was more inspired, the crowd, uh, playing in front of fans who, who seem to care again. So I don't know. I mean, it's probably a good thing. Moreno is is selling the angels at this point. I think they need an, an infusion. That's a great place. It really is. It's a, it's a really fun ballpark. I've been there before uh, in Anaheim, right next to Disneyland. I mean, it's a great place to, to get out of towners just to come watch baseball. But if you're putting a product on the field, like Otani and trout and then a bunch of, other guys you know uh players to be named later then it then it gets rough you know you're not gonna get fans they got other things to do in LA so yeah
1: all right so let's uh hit on the first thing which is would have been our lead topic last week if uh I didn't have to tap out there which is Buster Posey (laughs) is a uh part of the Giants ownership so that means that he's going to be with this team he's going to be around this team Uh and which is what we wanted right when we, mm-hmm. we we can go back all the way to the show that we did when he retired and we were just like ah you know I just I hope he sticks around I hope he's a part of the Giants I hope he you know wears the the hat when he's you know when he's in public like he just feels that part of the team and this is going to allow for that I don't know how much money he had to put in to be, you know, the, the minority uh, piece of the ownership, but I'm happy that he's going to be around and he's going to be sort of that forever giant, right? Like he started here, finished his career here, and now he's got a piece of the ownership. Pretty cool thing. Yeah, and and all the talk too is you know I think when that
2: happened a lot of people were thinking oh this is awesome he's going to be part of the you know decision making <laughs> players and this and that he's not going to do any of that they have a they have a president of baseball operations I don't know if you've heard of him his name is Farhan Zaidi yeah so I th- I think we're okay there uh, we don't have a GM right now but we'll get into that later uh, and, and and you know he'll be part of that search i would imagine not not necessarily zady's gonna like head that whole thing up and i'm sure he's got a whole brain trust that takes care of that but you know buster Posey's probably going to be in one of the votes or one of the you know saying of of who who gets that job down the line um but yeah i mean he's he's there as a you know they they've they've pretty much said he's going to be like the go-to between ownership and the players. He's kind of a, a an in-between type of guy who can give you the feedback um, of what it was like to be a player in the San Francisco giants organization have success. Um, as you know, you can't recreate 2010, 12 and 14. Again, like we talked about earlier, totally different era of baseball. Uh, that was a very pitching heavy, um, you know, you you were, you were happy to get um, a guy on the giants to hit 15 home runs. Um, And around baseball, home run leaders were, were barely tapping 30. So it was a different era of baseball, but he does, he knows how to command a team. Uh, He knows how to command a pitching staff. Uh, He knows how to just kind of be that guy on the team that people look up to. So I think that's going to help when, when you are recruiting uh, when you're, you know, Zadie in the front office, and you're recruiting, you say, well, Buster Posey is is one of the owners. So anytime there's an owner issue, anytime there's a, a, you know, issues come up between the players and the owners, which in the San Francisco Giants organization, that that honestly doesn't happen. Um, But but you just know that you have that voice that go between voice that you can talk to, uh, and sound things off of if you ever need that.
0: That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. NFL Sunday ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan. Even if you live far away.
1: free agents to join the Miami Heat. He, does he wear every single one of his rings? <laughs> yeah, I think he, like, <laughs> just brings them all out and he just, like, lays
2: them out on the table. How many does he have? That guy has a
1: ridiculous
2: amount of rings, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, he has the ones with the Lakers as a coach. He probably has, like, five from the Lakers. Then when he went to the Heat, he won one as a coach, and then I think yeah. they won two more when he was the – the president so yeah, yeah. whatever that is yeah, he's, he's eight he's good.
2: whatever yeah which ones does he does he decide to wear because we only got <laughs> 10 fingers yeah, yeah so yeah. You, you gotta decide which yeah. ones to wear <laughs>
1: uh so yeah it's it's gonna be awesome and, and i hope buster does pull that move it's like you know giants are bringing yeah. in judge and buster bu- uh, busts out the rings yeah he like... put him
2: on there and just goes oh, huh. yeah <laughs> so uh judge what are you thinking starts rubbing his
1: face and <laughs> i mean it's, it's a good sell right do oh, yeah, you do oh, yeah. you want to be the Buster Posey of the Giants? Because the Buster Posey the Giants is here to tell you, this is what I did, this is how I did it, this is how we won. Pretty cool, pretty cool deal. Yeah, you know, yeah. Not, not to say that he's been super successful in doing that uh, yet, because I know that they've flown him out a couple times to try and sell guys, and it hasn't exactly worked. But yeah. look, man, that that this is a. Uh, this is a resource for them. And I just, I just like the fact that, that he's around. Like, you know, we, we, talk about this yeah. all the time. Will Clark being back with the team and being around the team, it, it means a lot to us because that's who we grew up watching. Um, having Kruko and Kuiper being on the team, being the broadcasters, we grew up watching those guys. So it it just, it just yeah. creates more of that. And, you know, for the people who are younger than us, like my kids, you know, they're like, Oh, you know we grew up on Buster and Bumgarner and Crawford and Belt and you know in in 10 years you know maybe Brandon Crawford's like managing the team or something like it's just you know, yeah. stuff like that that that's really cool
2: well and the giants are also 4 and 1 since announcing that Buster Posey is an owner so that <laughs> hey Buster Posey is off to a good start right i mean he's a good luck charm he's there he helps you win but all i can say to judge is when you look at the past Yankees greats, right? there's, there's a lot of them, and mm-hmm. they are big, big names. Same with the San Francisco Giants and the mm-hmm. New York Giants. When you look at the history. But I think the thing that the Giants do differently with their past greats is they become part of the family. I, I kind of look at the New York Yankees' ownership and that part of it, the the executives and everything else is this separate entity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but then when you see the Giants greats and Willie Mays with the owners and hanging out on the field and in the boxes, uh, Will Clark hanging out with the owners and going on air and talking, it's, it's more of a family reunion type of atmosphere. Uh, I, I kind of feel like the New York Yankees, anytime you see any of the greats come back, they're on the field, on the chalk wave their hat and then uh, walk off and goodbye.
1: Yeah. I mean, mean, historically they've had issues with certain folks. Oh yeah. And it's it's New New York, but it's all, it's it's also their owner, you know, the way that Steinbrenner did business and the ownership. Now it's, it's not exactly the same way that the giants do it, but you know, who knows? and And, and, Aaron Judge, if you want to grow a goatee, c- come to San Francisco. I know you can't grow a goatee yeah. in, in in New York, so yeah, you want some dreads? <laughs> come here, come here. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> so, uh, uh, not a not so good piece of news, though. Good for him. Uh, assistant GM Scott Harris goes to Detroit to be they're a head of baseball ops. I, I, I don't remember what these titles are when you and I were growing up, it was yeah. the general manager. Like that was the, it's, now it's like head yeah. of baseball ops or vice president yeah. of baseball. Yeah. yeah Cause you had the
2: owner, you had the GM and then, yeah. yeah, And then it was just guys who worked under the GM. Yeah. You know?
1: So Zadie will have a, uh, have a new person to choose to, to be his right hand man or woman. And, Roger Munter, who runs the uh, There Are Giants substack about the miners, he had an interesting comment, which was to say that one of the great things about previous uh, – I, I don't remember if he said it was the A's or the Dodgers, but he was talking about one of the regimes that, that Zadie had worked at prior in that they had so many different types of people in that – office to give different thoughts and opinions about players. And he said, this could be a good thing because he thought Zadie and Harris were kind of similar in how they looked at talent and how they analyzed what, what was going to be the way that the giants were going to roll out a team. And so I thought that was really interesting because if uh, you know, if Harris and Zadie are just like, Hey, you know, Zadie mentioned he, I can call this guy up at three in the morning or send him a text and he returns it immediately. I don't know if that's necessarily the tra- the best guy that I want for the job, this dude who doesn't sleep and is waiting for my text at three in the morning. But yeah. at the same time, if they're like, hey, what about this Willie Calhoun guy? And they're like, he's like, yep, <laughs> uh, love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, like like because they've turned over this roster um, so much this year by adding all of these guys who have essentially meant zip to the lineup that you know maybe there there does need to be a different kind of voice and and maybe they do have similar voices and and you know you need sometimes you need a disruptor or whatever so I'm really in, intrigued to see who they go after to to fit that role because you know a lot of the things that we gave credit to Zadie for the last two years, including being in that bubble. All of those things that worked previously have not worked this year and have actually backfired on them, so they have some work yeah. to do for sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, it was funny too because that day that all that happened and it went down, and then Scott Harris had his uh, you know, his introduction and everything else in Detroit. I went to the Detroit Athletic site mm-hmm. just to kind of see, you know, see what, what that they was were all talking about. about. Yeah, yeah, and and their writer was pretty much, uh, you know, we'll see how this goes. We have high hopes, but he's young. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, but yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of where baseball is going mm-hmm. now. It's not the, uh, you know, it's not the Al Rosen that comes in at you know sixty-seven years old, He's right. Been around the game for fifty years, and then he's going. I like the guy that can uh, swing for the fences. Well, what else can he do? I'm not really sure, but he seems like <laughs> a really nice guy, so let's get him. No, there's a lot more that goes into it now, so you want a Scott Harris. You, you, I mean, the Detroit Tigers, you want a Scott Harris. You want somebody who's going to work his butt off, who's going to take your organization and really kind of drive some analytics into it um, and not just say, well, there's Javi Baez. We really like the way he plays. Here's a gigantic contract, and then we'll stick you with a bunch of uh, – uh young kids and rookies and then we'll see how this goes. Uh no no they're going to build a roster and you have seen that with us. I mean, you know, our roster 65 players deep this season. Um so 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 we've seen it. You're you're going to get some roster churn until you find the right people. So I think it, I I I mean it's fantastic for him, sucks for us. Um I haven't seen any names at all uh for for a GM for us. So I'm not exactly sure Uh, you know, where we're going with that. But, Mm -hmm. but I do have a lot of faith in Zadie. I I really do kind of feel like he's going to be able to, um, you know, find a guy who's similar to Harris. And like you said, yeah. Do you want a guy who's up at three o'clock in the morning? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if they live and breathe baseball and that's their job, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Keep him up, man. As long (laughs) as he doesn't have a bunch of kids and, you know, needs to sleep for that, but
1: that's, (laughs) well, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I think sometimes when you eat, drink, eat, drink, sleep, uh, baseball, it's just like man can can the guy watch uh, a little bit of Netflix without you bothering him? Come on yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> three o'clock in the morning, man. <laughs> um all right, so yeah, good good to him, and I, I do think I agree with you that I think it's going to be a popular position because if you just saw Zadie. Get help get Harris uh, a number one spot. You're like, hey man, you know that's not that's not a bad place to be, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a place to grow.
2: I mean, yeah. that, that's what uh, you know. As as a Rams fan, you know the the Rams have really grown over the last five or six years. The the front office, the coaching staff is poached constantly, but there's always somebody else in the wings that comes in and you go, wow this guy might actually be better than the last guy and the and and the organization continues to grow so scott not not saying that scott harris is holding anybody back or anything like this but but this is going to give somebody else a chance and maybe Zadie finds somebody who has, has a little different intangibles when it comes to um, you know, picking players and finding players and different avenues and, and different resources and different ideas. So mm-hmm. I, that's, that's always a positive, but that's something you look at and have to kind of hold on to.
1: All right, let's uh, play a little game here. And for the people who are listening, I will describe what we're going to do here because I, I, I have a little graphic here for Brad. This game Ah, is called If You Had to Choose. Now, I don't imagine that we're bringing back every single player on this year's team for next year. I think that would be pretty foolish because this team looked old and slow. And you're going to have to change up the roster a little bit. We have some new rules that we got to worry about. And I don't even know if you could bring back either guy, though I imagine they are talking to Jock Peterson and his agent because whether you like it or not, Jock Peterson is hitting 266. He's slugging Mm -hmm. 501, 843 OPS, and he has been a productive offensive player. So let's make that clear because he is – absolutely not productive on defense. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a fantastic DH. It, it, absolutely. And then you got, yeah, yeah. Brandon belt who last year, you know, we, we saw, oh man, the, the resurgence hit, he, he hit his most home runs in his young career in a season last year in his age 33 year. And then this year just could not shake injuries having, the, I, I think it's the worst year of his career. Uh, 2011 w- w- was a little rough, uh, but that was, you know, it was a rookie year where he was kind of up and down and Bochi right. was giving him beers and <laughs> on the Showtime show. So, you know, his his worst year since his rookie year and he's only on a one-year deal and he they will have to negotiate with him as well. So if the game was we're bringing back one of those players. Who would that player be for you? And we're taking everything into account. Eesh. We're taking offense. We're taking the new rules where the dead red left-handed pull hitter probably is going to benefit a little bit from the the lack of uh, being able to fully shift your, your infielders all the way across the field. Um. And you know, from a defensive perspective, because obviously Jock is—if you tell me that Jock's only going to DH, his value skyrockets uh, on the team next year. Yeah,
2: yeah. That uh, this is a really, really tough one because um, I—you I, I, hinted at asking me this question, so I did some research, um, but I—but I, but I could—I still can't come up with a solid answer. So I'm going to come up with one, one live right now. I didn't, I didn't pre-plan. Yeah, I did not pre-plan like an answer because I just couldn't come up with one. So I'm just going to kind of hash it out here live. Uh, so Brandon Belt's 35 years old yes uh or he's going to be 35 years old next year jock peterson's going to be 31 next year so so there's a plus for jock peterson you get a little bit younger maybe you sign him to a three year deal you can't sign brandon belt probably to any more than a one maybe two year deal mm-hmm. um and and he would probably take a one year deal what's what what was his uh 18 his salary i think this he year, made 18. this year yeah so it was 18 on the um oh what's that called I'm trying to remember his his deal.
1: Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, qualifying, the offer. qualifying offer.
2: Yeah, so he took the 18 million qualifying offer. As as we know, Jock is on a six six and a half million dollar deal. That's probably going to go up next year for sure, uh, especially at 31 years old. And you can grab him for three years. If you're ballsy, you grab him for a four year deal. Um, let's look at Belt OPS plus the last three years. He went from 2020. He went 177 OPS plus down last year to 160 which is still fantastic because 100 is average Mm -hmm. and then this year 91 so not
1: below average player
2: yeah below average player but not that far below average but way far off from 2020 and 2021 jock peterson 2020 83 was his ops plus remember the the shortened season right um Twenty twenty one ninety four. Now everybody thought he just went nuts once he went to Atlanta. Well, he did in the playoffs and in yeah. the World Series. But but before that, it, it, he went from the Chicago Cubs. Um, I think he was somewhere else too in between, right?
1: He was with the J- Cubs. Jock was with uh, just Dodgers, Cubs, and then Atlanta.
2: Okay, so Cubs in Atlanta in 2021. He, he didn't skyrocket in his OPS plus when he went to Atlanta until we got to the playoffs. So his OPS plus was 94, so just below our average. This year, 134, so way above average uh, OPS plus. So he's going to make uh, – he, he's going to get a pretty decent raise. Uh, but, but again, we we know he's really, really rough against lefties. But we have talked about the fact that uh, if, if you do – hang on to Longoria, uh, and and you do hang on to Jock Peterson. You could have a really nice lefty righty DH combo. Um, as you know, Gabe Kapler does not like to have one lineup. He does not like to have two lineups. He (laughs) likes to have 67 lineups. So that, uh, so is that going to be feasible? Um, but as Buster Posey said, you know, I, I, we'd like to see less roster churn. Um, Going forward, how, how that plays with Zadie and, and Kapler, I don't know, but I would imagine they're on the same page. Um, who else? Are, what are your other options at first base? Uh, the Giants don't have anybody in the minors that, that could come up and be that guy at first base. Uh, they don't have anybody necessarily uh, a left fielder who could come up and be that guy in left field. Um, you know, they, they gave Luis Gonzalez a little bit of a shot. Um, there's nobody in free agency next year. That's going to be fantastic. There's nobody in free agency at first base. That's going to be fantastic. So now you're looking at a trade. You've got to make a trade. Now you're going to lose minor leaguers. So that being said, I probably say you hold on to Brandon belt for one more year until that first base market opens up or you see what you have in the minors. Um, does Casey Schmidt, can he become a first baseman? Uh, can you have VR at third base in a couple of years and Casey Schmidt at first base? Can that be a plausible, uh, thing that happens? Um, I think you can get another outfielder somewhere else. Um, Jock Peterson again. His OPS plus the last couple of seasons not fantastic. Then ballooned this year, but we know he can't hit lefties, uh, so he's kind of hamstrung there. Brandon Belt has a little bit of a tough time against lefties, but 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 only certain lefties. And, and Kershaw's probably retiring, so, <laughs> be okay. so so I would say if I had to choose between the two, a slight margin goes to Brandon Belt
1: on another one year deal. I think that's right. I know people will groan uh, at us here at us saying that. Oh yeah, for sure. And it's unfortunate because it has now become a, you know, if if Brandon Belt plays poorly and you still enjoy Brandon Belt, you're a bad person, but if Brandon Belt <laughs> plays well and you enjoy him, you, well you, we're just being easy on him he's supposed to play play well but that that's just yeah. you know that's just his relationship with this fan base i i agree with you and the reason why i agree cuz it's i i may have had even a harder time than than you with this one the only way if jock peterson can just be a dh against right-handed pitching and you don't have to play him anywhere else right, right i think it's peterson but yeah. i don't think but his I... roster is built for that it, it's and, absolutely not no and there's going to be opportunities for him in the outfield which i i, I, I mean it just kills your defense because he's just not good out there and you know i'm sure the positioning and and all that has helped him but still you know he he turns uh, he turns singles into doubles and doubles into triples more than anybody i've seen uh, as yeah. far as I can remember, <laughs> like, I can't remember there being that poor of a defensive outfielder for the giants in, in quite some time. I couldn't even tell you who I thought, you know, was worse than he is. And it, he, that's his role. His role is as a DH against right-handed pitching. And if he gets it, then I think he's productive. And if he doesn't, yeah, then you can't play him every day because where he's going to be valuable is in the lineup you know and he's always going to get pinch hit for as well, so that's just going to happen, but yeah, so that, that's that's where I would go with it. And, and if you're telling me that just not how the Giants do business, then I would rather have Brandon Belt back because it, at the very least, if his knee is healthy, like he says it is, he's going to be uh above average, you know, maybe even better than above average defensively at first. And he, you know, the these these actually. these shift rules may actually help him more than uh, more than most hitters next year too. So that, that's that's kind of an interesting thing. You
2: have to look at it that way too. And you have to say, would I rather have Brandon belt at first base in this situation at this moment? Would I rather have Brandon belt at first base or would I rather have Lamont Wade jr. At first base next season Uh, or, or, or would I rather have Jock Peterson in left field playing some left field, maybe 60 games, or would I rather see, uh, Luis Gonzalez, or you know, or somebody else who can play left field and is maybe going to hit 15 home runs, bat uh, 270, uh, but plays a really really good left field. Um, and, and that's who I'd rather see, and I'd rather see Belt at first base than than some of the other options that are out there. I, I mean, it's like Jose Abreu from the White Sox is the next best option <laughs> as a free agent next year. Uh, yeah, you're, you know, you're not a,
1: you're not wrong. Uh, so Major right. League Baseball yeah. the, the website uh, I don't even know who the writer is, it just says MLB.com. So there's mm-hmm. it's it's probably a combination. But they had the top um left fielders. There the, the and this is not in alphabetical order either. Their top left fielders, Joey Gallo, Oof. Andrew Benatendi. Adam Duvall at age 33, AJ Pollock at age 35. So that's what you're looking at. And Jock is he, oh man, they did Jock dirty with this one. No, no. They had him right underneath Tommy fam. Oh. Oh, I I see what they're ranking. They're ranking it by war. So that that's how they're ranking. Okay, it. okay. all right, all right. And then for first that's baseman, good. it's Abreu, Rizzo, Josh Bell, Brandon Belt. Um and so, yeah, you're right there. There's, you know, there's not a ton of guys who the giants could just turn to That where where it's stacked is shortstop. Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts, mm-hmm. if he opts out, Carlos Correa, if he opts out, Dansby Swanson, Tim Anderson, Elvis Andrews, Jose Iglesias. So tons of guys uh, up the middle wants Segura, a though he's, he's also a little bit old at 33. So yeah that that you know it, it it they may make that decision but i would also hope to not see both of them come back to this roster
2: yeah if they both come back i wouldn't call it i wouldn't call it a a failed off season because we don't know what else is going to happen. I mean, we're, we're talking, you know, left field, you can have Aaron judge, right. Or, or put him in center or right field and move guys around. So, so I mean, the number one target is probably going to be Aaron judge. The giants are going to do more than kick the tires on that, uh, on that player. Um, but man, it's it you know, if they do get him, you you probably say goodbye to Jock Peterson for sure. At that point, you can plug Brandon Belt back in. A healthy need Brandon Belt, the captain can show Aaron Judge the ropes. Um but what do you do at shortstop? That's the tough one. We'll talk about that probably in another show, but that that's oh, yeah. a whole I mean, we could do a whole show on that because we love Brandon Crawford so much to the he point looked, where He looked 25 this weekend. <laughs> when when you see him healthy, and you see what he can still do <laughs> as a healthy player. It's so hard to say after the season, I don't mind saying goodbye to him. I don't want to. I mean, you've got, a, you've got a piece there at shortstop who knows the organization, doesn't have to get adjusted to the philosophies, knows the manager. Um, you can get him on a, a – I mean, well, well, actually, he is signed next year too,
1: right? Crawford is so signed, Yes.
2: Yeah, so it's this or so it was a two-year deal. I keep thinking he's a free agent after the season. So so next year a healthy Crawford. Um yeah, I wouldn't call it a failed offseason if both Jock Peterson and, and Brandon Belt have to come back. But I but I would probably say something didn't go as planned mm-hmm. for sure. All
1: right. We missed our player of the week last week. I will throw that player of the week up right now as you get right. your notes ready to say who the player of the week is for uh, today. And the person, unfortunately, we didn't get to have this nice little uh, celebration yeah. for Estrada. Tyrell. Uh, and, you know, he had a, he's he's really, you know, he, he's had a nice quality second half to his season for sure.
2: Yeah. And the week that we had him uh, winning the player of the week, he was up against J.D. Davis and Alex Cobb. Uh, Who both have really nice weeks and J.D. Davis is really starting to kind of come around and be be that player that the Giants traded for. Um, You know, they didn't trade for him to say J.D. Davis is going to take us to the promised land, but but they they drafted or they sorry, they traded for him knowing that he was going to be a piece of the puzzle. And, and next season, I think he's arbitration eligible. So he's under control and the Giants can kind of just add him back to the roster. Um, and, and he's a good piece. He's, he's really coming around. But Tyro Estrada, the week that he won the award, he hit 391 that week with a 469 Woba, home run, three ribs, five runs, one stolen base, and a very nice low 14.8% K rate. Um, that was a nice week he had. A uh, couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah. And he's also uh, somebody who the Giants can not quite pencil in as like this guy's going to make 150 starts next week or next yeah. week, next year. But the versatility by playing a little bit of second base this year, he can play shortstop. He's probably a better shortstop. And they, I know that they're going to throw him in the outfield uh, w- when they, need to so you know he he's shown to be valuable as well and uh n- you know in, in a season of frustration he's kind of uh a, a little bit of a diamond there for us yeah i think so i think so all right what about this week
2: all right this week three players up there jd davis made a, a comeback on here yaz and doval um like i said jd davis has a nice couple of weeks yaz came in third uh, with seven percent of the vote, had a nice week 316, 467. Woba made two a catch runs, that ribs. I'm still not sure was a catch, but it's great. It was, uh, it was yeah. close, <laughs> I think it was a catch. I think, and then he almost made a fantastic catch. What was that? Uh, Friday night, I think it was on that diving liner that was just kind of going away from him, hit his glove and popped
1: out. Uh, almost made another great catch. You know, if you put um, if you put Jock Peterson and Mike Yastrzemski together and made like a a Yaz son or something. (laughs) That's a really good baseball player. That's a very good baseball player. That would be a, a
2: tremendous defensive player. With yeah, just, just take
1: Peterson's offense. Yeah, and, and Yaz's defense. Man, that's a good baseball player. Yeah, but 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 that's a thirty million dollar
2: a year guy. Yeah, so totally. I don't, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if we're gonna do that. Uh, we will only do that for Judge, I think. And Judge is a great defensive player too. That and that's that's the big draw to him right now too is hits for power, hits for average, mashes the ball but still steals, bases, too. steals, steals bases. bases and plays a really good outfield. Um, what's he going to look like in year, you know, five, six, and seven of his seven year deal when he gets it. Yeah, I don't know a little bit different, but still decent enough ball player. Um, Camilo Duval came in second, 38% of the vote. He had three innings, three saves, two point one three strikeouts, but more importantly, the fans love it. Friday night, the 104 mile per hour fastball uh, was not a strike threw it out of the zone, but uh can't even imagine. I think I faced one guy in the semi pro league who threw like 92, 93 yeah. and I was like, but he had no control whatsoever, but he was all over the place. And I, uh, and that was fast. I can't even imagine 104 probably can't even probably just have to listen
1: for it. Who um, Who is the, be- who's the best player you ever faced? Like did like, can you think of someone you faced who then like actually made to the big leagues? I faced, um,
2: Jason Simontachi oh, uh, yeah. at Fremont high school. And, uh, then I played with him on a semi pro team for, well, I don't know, six or seven games. He was just kind of stopping by through town in between leagues that he was playing. in. Mm-hmm. um, then he went on to pitch for the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals. And I think he's in the organization still in uh, in management of some sort, player player development or or something along those lines. But I think that was probably the best player uh, that I faced. I probably only faced him two or three times, and I'm almost positive one hundred percent I probably am over three with <laughs> times, most likely.
1: So. I I, play, I I've played against definitely a handful of guys who had a cup of coffee or played in the minors. Um one guy, uh, gosh, I forget his last name. His, name, his first name is Gino, but he's a, he's a little bit older. So he had already gone through all the minors and stuff and his, had, kind of had his ups and downs. And then he came into the semi-pro league. So I faced him when I was like in my late 20s, and he's probably in his early 30s, and he was still awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the one who I faced when I was like in high school would have been a pitcher for the Padres named uh, Brandon Villafuerte. Oh who yeah. he was right hander for the Padres. And when we were like seventeen, sixteen or seventeen, maybe, and you you kind of hear the murmurs, like because oh yeah. The guy the guy, if he's a guy, who builds him up as the guy? Well, your own dugouts like, Oh, have you heard about this guy? Yeah, oh yeah. I, I <laughs> watch for this pitch, watch for that pitch. And I remember um he his thing was, you know, at 17 years old, he threw a splitter. Ooh. And I don't I don't think I'd ever seen a, a real splitter before outside of guys just messing with it, like just throwing yeah. it. And so he yeah, he threw me a splitter with two strikes and like the bottom just completely fell out <laughs> of it. And it's like, yeah, how am I supposed to hit that pitch if I've never seen <laughs> yeah. it before in my life? Exactly. And uh yeah. I but I think I went over for two strike out and I I think I did like ground out the next time, but I did not let it get to where I was gonna have to see that splitter again. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that could be if you've never seen a splitter before and you're up there facing one, just imagine everybody's played wiffle ball. It's wiffle ball. If somebody has a really good splitter, it's it's basically wiffle ball you can see it, you can track it all the way, all you want to, but as soon as that thing drops off the table, you're kind of screwed because you've already started your swing and your swing plane. And you're going for this fastball right at your knees. And and at that point, it's at your toes. So yeah, <laughs> you're kind of in trouble. <laughs> all right. So who won this thing? All right. So the winner ends up being JD Davis, who came in uh tied for second place last week, but, uh, 429 average, 554 Wobo, a home run, two ribs, and three doubles on the week, just mashing the ball. Uh, and that, that, that's kind of you know, what we're looking at, too. We're going to have a little bit of a J.D. Davis, maybe. J.D. Davis and Evan Longoria combo next year. Um, possibly. We don't even know because, again, J.D. Davis is ARB eligible. Mm-hmm. But you also have VR who's now hitting the ball. So, so now you've got a third baseman uh, in VR Longoria who you can pick up a what, what is it, a 13 million dollar option on mm-hmm. him or five million dollar buyouts so you're looking at an eight million dollar difference um, and, and then you've got JD Davis so you've got three guys at third base and and I think they can move VR around and that's what they've been wanting to do he's played a little second base he's played some first base and he's played a little outfield um, so if they if they end up bringing JD Davis and Longoria back, they could look at VR and say, all right, we're working on the off season. We're going to get you ready for a different position. Uh, but you got Tyro Estrada at second base. So VR can be one of those floater guys. And we know Kapler likes to play with the lineup. So that's always an option too. Um, so, the, so the last two guys to win the player of the week, Tyro Estrada and J.D. Davis are two guys that are, are most likely going to be back with us next year. Uh, the Giants are having a, a really fun, really nice September
1: Um, The winning record in September
2: winning record in September their second Um, best month of the season, which is amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, look, can I, can I throw out, I had some numbers from a roster churn that I was talking about earlier. And since we're talking about roster spots and everything else and and Buster Posey was talking about how, uh, you know, he'd like to see less roster churn and some more guys uh, out there and getting more shots consistently. And I had talked about that too. Once we talked about September call-ups, I thought Sean Jelly is a guy I'd like to see just plugged in mm-hmm. to the rotation for September. I want to see him pitch every five days. Well, they, they haven't done that. Um, they didn't do that with Elio Ramos too, but he also has not played very well in triple a so there wasn't i personally don't think there was a reason to bring him up stick him in the outfield and go okay now play every day i mean that's
1: great you've sucked in triple h all season now we expect you to produce in the big
2: yeah exactly i don't think a light is gonna a light switch is gonna turn on and he's gonna be like hey now i'm great and i'm in the majors I, i i couldn't see that happening but in uh 2010 the giants employed 42 players on the entire season uh 2022 as you know famously we're at 65 now so it's 23 more players this year uh in 2010 seven of those 42 players uh played in less than 20 games so only seven of them just a real low number this year 28 of the 65 players have played in less than 20 games and the majority of them are like five games or less because as you know Zadie likes to take a guy and say hey uh you know, you, I'm going to stick you in the outfield. Uh, but we got a guy who's coming off the IL in like three days. So you just yeah. here for a couple of days. <laughs> but again, to, you know, to Zadie's um, defense, the Giants were still fighting for a spot. So it's not like they were just going to say, come on up, Elliot Ramos. You're going to play two weeks in the middle of June. Uh, while this guy's on the i l so the guy you know they were looking for major league players, guys who have that experience, guys who, like you said, have seen splitters at the major league level, have seen curveballs at the major league level, so they're looking for those guys. Uh, but yeah, a lot of roster churn, just super insane, and I hope to not see that next year It's fun to a point, but all
1: right, let's end the show here with a prediction. we had predicted this is probably about 3 weeks 4 weeks ago now that the giants would finish around under 8 games uh under 500 so they are currently at 75 and 78 three games under 500 they are Still fifth in the wild card race in the National League, <laughs> <laughs> hanging in there. Hanging in what there. What are they? Eight, eight and a half games back,
2: with nine games to play.
1: Yeah, and so <laughs> uh, they have an opportunity to get back to five hundred, which I would have never thought. And there is some softness in their end of the season schedule. So they don't play tonight, but they do play on Tuesday. They play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday against the Rockies and then at home and then the Diamondbacks come into town on Friday and they play Saturday, Sunday against the Diamondbacks and then in this wonky schedule they have one more series to end the season and they go to San Diego to play three. Now, San Diego is second in the wildcard race so they'll possibly be Playing for something, whether it's the third spot or whether it's wiggle room, uh, Atlanta is more than likely, unless they can catch the Mets, Atlanta will be the 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 number one wild card because they have 95 wins. Uh, San Diego's at 85 wins, then Philly's at 83, and Milwaukee's at 82. So there are two spots and three teams you know, within a game and a half of each other. So I imagine... Come next week, this time, San Diego is going to need to win some baseball games. So those are not going to be gimmies for the Giants in any way mm-hmm. possible. San Diego's playing for, for playoff uh, hopes. But the Giants just faced Colorado and Arizona and handled both teams pretty well. And I'm not saying they're going to sweep all six of those games, but you know if they go four and two... They would just have to win the series in San Diego and they would be a 500 team. So, give me your prediction. Are the Giants going to get to 500?
2: Well, you know, yeah, because I was looking at that too. So, they'd have to go four and two, five and one against the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. If they go six and oh, it's in the bag. Yeah, it's in the bag. They would clinch it. yeah, exactly. Uh, so that would be exciting. I don't think that's going to happen. Five and one, probably. You've got Webb going two more starts. You've got Rodon going two more starts, most likely. I, I'm I'm assuming we don't know if they're going to get shut down or what's going to happen. But Rodon is, you know, he's pitching for the strikeout lead in the National League, which is great for his contract negotiations next year. Uh, and the Giants aren't. They're not blind to that. They'll 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 reward their guys. That's the great thing about the Giants organization. They're not going to shut him down and say, "Well, you know, maybe we can get him for a lower price if he's not the National League strikeout leader." Um, so Webb is probably is, is pitching Tuesday, Rodon Thursday, Webb probably Sunday, Rodon probably Tuesday, um, and so that's four starts right there. Uh, you know, I, I say the Giants probably go 4-2 and two against Colorado and Arizona, which means they would have to go 2-1 and one against the Padres. I don't know how hardcore the Padres are going to be playing on those last three games. Like you said, they're going to be fighting for position. Um,
1: They'll be fighting for second or third. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, One's they're, already they're, locked.
2: Yeah, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're, they're fighting for that two or three spot. Although I mean, look at the standings again because our how, how far out is Milwaukee behind?
1: Milwaukee is San Diego? at uh is a game and a half behind San Diego. A game and a half behind San Diego. Yeah, so No, actually, I'm sorry. You know Milwaukee is a game and a half behind Philly. Okay. And Philly is a game and a half behind San Diego, so I think Milwaukee's three games behind San Diego. So, it's, so three games back. So that could that
2: could easily be decided within the next three days. Um, I'd say probably more likely in the next five to six games uh, on the schedule. I think I think the Giants finish a game under five hundred. I think they just miss it.
1: I think they just so technically missed. they would have to be two games under because of how even schedule works, right? You can't be. Oh yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. yeah you they can't they, be, they yes. would be, they would be 80 and 82. if yeah, They yeah. did miss out, just miss out. So I'm going to say they are exactly 500. And I know that's a little bit optimistic, but yeah. look, you've been the optimistic guy with these predictions all season long. So now it's my turn to. Yeah. And they haven't worked. <laughs> um <laughs> And, and yeah, I think they, I think they go four and two and then they, and then San Diego's not going to need to win one or two of those games and the Giants will win two out of three in San Diego and they will finish at 582 and 82 or no, sorry, 81 and 81 unfortunately, what's also going to happen is they're going to drop like five spots in the draft because they're all of a sudden winning meaningless
2: games.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be a bit frustrating, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, yeah,
2: The the fans are going to be like, why couldn't you just mail it in earlier? But that's not what professional baseball players do.
1: I mean, there's really not a way to mail it in in the National League because... Now. Arizona is tanking pretty hard here of late, and then the Giants would have to fall quite a ways to get to Chicago, Colorado. Um, so that wasn't going to happen. But it's in the American League where Chicago White Sox are all are right around 500. Minnesota is uh, five games under 500. Boston is eight games under 500. So if the Giants were in that eight games under 500 scenario, they would fall beneath what Boston is right now and couldn't, you know, they, so they're probably, if they get to 500, they're screwing themselves out of five spots in the draft. So it's probably the difference between the 10th pick and the 15th pick or something like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I can see it being right around there. 500, two games under we, what did we predict a couple of weeks ago? Eight, eight games under Yeah, eight. I, it's still possible. I mean, that's, that's still possible, but so, Oh, the, so
1: eight. Yeah. So they would lose. What, they would go two and – no, they they would have to lose all their games to be eight games under, right? Well, how does that work? uh They're three see. games under right now. You're asking me
2: to do math on a Monday night?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, eight games under would oh, be three what? three
2: under now, so yeah.
1: Yeah, so they oh, – they're three have... under now. If they,
2: if they lost all the rest of their games, they'd be what? Twelve games under, right? Yeah, yeah. That's math. That's
1: there math. you go. I got it. All right that is it uh i know you're out next week so we'll figure Mm -hmm. something out whether it is hot take bry or maybe i grab somebody who 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 may want to chit chat about this stuff but uh yeah have a great vacation and then we'll be back when we come back it'll kind of be like the end of the season recap and and we'll do you still have all those predictions and stuff that we made Absolutely do. Oh, no. And they are so bad. So bad.
2: Remember, these are predictions we made after 107 win seasons. <laughs> exactly. So era. Uh, actually, some of them some of them are pretty good. Some okay. of them were pretty good. Okay. I'll give you All that right.
1: little tease. Yeah. All right. All right. So we are done here. Um, I am, I wouldn't say I'm exhausted, but <laughs> i'm a little tired uh, I, I gotta yeah. admit from from doing this podcast uh you know i'm still recovering and... well I, w- I would say
2: you know you can go rest on the couch watch a little monday night football but it's the cowboys and the giants so I you're know. probably better off just like i don't know falling falling asleep and watching nothing
1: we're gonna we'll <laughs> we'll watch some tv but it's not going to be yeah, that football yeah. game for sure no no all right And, uh, yeah, so also Brian and I will be back on Thursday with the death lineup, and then Rod and I will be back Monday night with our recap of uh, Rams 49ers. So you will hear from me again in the next few days, and then we'll get Brad back in two weeks. All right, so for Brad, I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see
0: you. Peace out. Peace. Hey, race fans, Justin Bell here, former racing champion and host of the new F1 podcast, Drive to Win, presented by Win Las Vegas. Join me on the show each week as you'll be swept behind the scenes for an immersive look at the culture, technology, drama, and glamour of Formula One. There's something for everyone, whether you're new to the sport or a lifelong F1 fan. So join us each week as we cover every twist and turn of the F1 season on the Drive to Win podcast. That's Win, spelled W-Y-N-N, presented by Win Las Vegas. Available now on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up
1: 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein,